Hello, welcome to Within the Musician Podcast. This show is a place of discovery for all performers, recording artists, students, educators, and future educators. My name is Monica Williams. I'm a flutist, teaching artist, recording artist, performer, and lifelong learner. And on our show today, we, I have the rock star advocate, a.k.a. Suze Polinski. Suze is the creator of the Rockstar Planner Book. She's an expert in her field, bringing home the importance of planning and strategizing in a really effective way. She coaches creatives and musicians to optimize their time planning goal setting so they can have a healthier balance and avoid the burnout. I'm super happy to talk to Suze about the mindset needed to move forward in 2021. I've actually worked with her in the past, and I told her that I wish I had discovered this earlier in my career. As a classical musician who graduated, they had a ton of training on how to play your instrument and music history, music theory, but not a whole lot about how to plan goals and actually get the career he wanted to. So she's here to talk about how she started on this path to empower musicians, and we're going to talk about how to set goals and maintain them without the burnout. And of course, we're going to talk about musicians, why they should consider themselves musicpreneurs. Welcome, Suze. It's so good to have you here today. Thank you so much for having me, and thanks for the great introduction. <laughs> of course, of course. And so you're, you're calling from, where are you from? New York, Queens. right? Is yeah, in Queens. Queens, okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I love following you on Instagram and your teeny home. I think that is so cool. It's like my dream to have this little functional, beautiful teeny home. I love your posts. Thank you. Yeah. So far, so good. I'm really glad I did it. Yes. Yeah. So cute. And how's 2021 going for you so far? Yeah. You know, I think it's going well for me because I think i prepared myself beforehand that, you know, on January 1st, it wasn't going to be oh, look, we're out of 2020. You know, I think expectations are everything. And so I think because I went into it with the right expectations, I'm, I'm managing pretty well. So, you know, just doing the best I can. Yeah. Yes. I told a student, I was telling a student, I'm like, you know, next week will be 2021. And she's like, I hate to burst your bubble, but there's going to be nothing different next week than there was this week. I'm like, really? <laughs> You're totally right. Out of the mouths of babe. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about your background and how you got started doing what you do, which is coaching musicians and creatives. How'd you end up yeah. here? Yeah, it's been a pretty crazy ride. Um, almost 20 years ago, which feels crazy to say, I started at the major labels and I was working. I interned at Atlantic for a number of years, Atlantic Records in New York City. And then I followed my boss to EMI Astroworks and I was the Midwest sales coordinator there. And my clients were Tower Records and Sam Goody and Virgin mm. Megastore and all of those <laughs> wonderful rest in peace uh, chains that are no <laughs> longer with us. And um, I started just as they were starting to close. And I realized, you know, okay, I got to figure out something else. So I actually left the labels. And, and I also left more importantly, because I was just experiencing unbelievable burnout. I was only 22. And it was just constant, toxic behavior of, you know, sleep when you're dead. Everybody wants your job. You could lose your job at any moment. You know, you better prove how much you want it type thing. And 
I just, it wasn't enjoyable. And obviously everything takes hard work, but you know, you've got to find some happiness in it. And I just was so miserable and stressed and, and, um, burnt out every single day. And it, it just shouldn't have been that hard. Um, so I left and, um, my college roommate and I started our own businesses. We had a record label, then we had a consulting firm and, um, we knew the music industry really well, but we didn't understand entrepreneurship and we Mm. didn't know that we didn't know that. Like we didn't know that that was the missing piece. So we just kept going and just kept going. And we, um, operated from a scarcity mindset. It was constantly, there are never enough clients. So let's price ourselves Mm. the lowest price Mm. you will ever see out there. And what happens when you do that is that you attract the people who don't really respect your work because they want just the cheapest thing out there. They want it fast. And, um, and we were also dealing with a lot of perfectionism. So we had all these great things to share. We would write blog posts upon blog posts, but we would never publish them because we're like, they're not ready. They're not ready. Um, Mm. and so we fell into this really toxic cycle of perfectionism and, um, scarcity mindset and just really never making, taking action. We wanted every, we wanted to feel ready and you're never going to feel ready. And that's the Mm. thing. And we couldn't really get past that. So six or so years went by and, um, we constantly burned ourselves out trying to build this company. And finally, um, we decided to amicably part ways. I went back to school for my master's in psychology thinking maybe I'll just leave the music industry. And once I got my master's, I realized, okay, wait a minute. Like this is actually very applicable to music, but we're not talking about it. We're not talking about mental wellness. We're not talking about all the different afflictions, different creatives are dealing with, whether it's ADD or bipolar or borderline or um, autism or anything like that. And so many of my clients have certain afflictions that they need to manage with their career. And so I realized that this is something I can, I can at least bring attention to and something that I can, um, you know, discuss and get the conversations going on. So I decided to hire a coach outside of the music industry. Cause there really at that time weren't coaches in the music industry and, um, really work on helping artists learn to be more productive, but within their own productivity rhythm, everybody is different. So my approach is very custom and very much understanding your own limitations, your own strengths and figuring out what, what makes you productive? What motivates you? Because we're all different in that realm. So that's, that's really what the Rockstar Advocate is all about. And um, it's been six years now and uh, it's been great. Yeah, I met you in uh, at the I think it was the Independent yes. Music Awards. You were talking in New York, so I'm yeah. I was so excited. Your 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 talk we that was a kind of like this this award show, but they had this conference beforehand. And your talk was like, oh my gosh, I couldn't write the notes fast enough. It was like you know really inspiring. So just out of curiosity, when you went to get your grad um, grad degree, were you thinking about leaving the music? Oh, one hundred percent. Okay. Yeah. So like you were thinking about going into psychology and then you connected those together. That's yeah. pretty awesome because it totally, it, it's totally um, a package deal to find this right fits in this right rhythm. Like you, you talk about yeah. there. Yeah. So, so many questions on that. So, um, 
so let's just take 2021 that we, we were talking about. Yeah. So th- setting goals and planning and and this individual approach um, other than I know that you have a book and we're going to give everyone information about where to find this. That's a really great resource. How does one like go and set a plan and a goal that is manageable? Because I know for myself that we t- I at least at the beginning, I was planning huge goals. They were really huge. And then you felt like you didn't get anywhere. It was like, you know, man, I know this sucks. Um, how does one like go about like setting a goal and finding that a goal is like right for them and not like what they're reading off of Instagram? Like, oh, right. that's I should be you know, that kind of thing. How did they do that? How do yeah. We do that? So you, you, you said two words that were magical. The first is manageable. <laughs> and the other word was should, right? That's the one we want to stay away from. And that's, that's the one that trips us up all the time is we go, like you say, we go on Instagram and we're like, Oh, I should be doing that. Or look mm-hmm. at the way they're doing it. I should do it that way. And, um, you know, that for me was such a game changer when the, I, I've hired many coaches throughout my career, but my first coach said, you know, should is a four letter word. And I love that. <laughs> I always keep that with me because, you know, it really is because as soon as we fall into that, we now take ourselves out of our specific lane that we're in and we try to fit into all the other people and dreams and goals that are out there. And then before you know it, you're following somebody else's goal. So the first thing that I like to start with is try to block everybody else out. Stop thinking of how to fit in to a certain journey or a certain path. And just think if, if I had nothing holding me back, if there were no, I don't have to worry about how to make money from it yet. I don't have to worry about, you know, what I'm, what my limitations are, nothing like what would I love to be doing? What would I want to wake up every doing every day doing for a living? Mm-hmm. And we start there. And then the second piece of it, as you said, manageable. So the there are people that can get to that point and say, okay, I'm going to block everything else out. I'm just going to think of my dream scenario, what success means to me. But then they drop the second part, which is, okay, now let's make it manageable. And that doesn't mean that you have to dream smaller. It just means you have to break that dream down. I always say dream as big as you want, you know, and I didn't always get that. My former business partner was really great at dreaming big. And I would always say, no, 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 we can't. We can't do that because that's not realistic. And I've learned over the years, it is realistic. Dream as big as you want to dream, but now let's break it down. Now let's say, okay, if I want to be making my money from you know, creating songs every day and getting them licensed on TVs and commercials. Or if I want to be, you know, building a, a YouTube channel where, you know, people are, are coming to my, you know, private concerts or, you know, whatever it might be. Okay, great. So what do you need there? You know, if you want to build a really engaged YouTube channel, well, do you even have a channel set up yet? And then if you do, okay, well, then what's the next step from there? Well, I need subscribers. Well, do you have subscribers yet? How do you get more of them? Okay, let's look at YouTube best practices. Like, do you know what those are? Do you know how to build, you know, your email list so you can tell people about your YouTube? So, you know, figuring out, working backwards and asking around to see, you know, what are the components to get me started? And then do your best with the information you have. Again, another thing um, that people always trip up on is they say, well, I'll plan, but it's just going to get ruined anyway, because 
well, look at 2020, like what was the purpose? Or, you know, I saw those memes where it says like the planner made a really great coffee table <laughs> <You know? laughs> leveler or something like that. And it's like, yeah. and, and yeah. it's like totally understandable, but a plan is not meant to predict the future, which mm. a lot of people think it is. A plan is just to give you your next steps. And once you accept that a plan will always be changing and that it's healthy for a plan to be changing and that it's it's supposed to change, that once you make your plan, a plan is to just work backwards till you get to step one. Then you take that step and then you're going to learn things you didn't even know when you made that initial plan. And now you're going to tweak the plan and then you're going to take step two and then you're going to learn and then you're going to tweak the plan some more and then you're going to take step three and so on and so forth. Because as soon as you accept that a plan will always be changing, the frustration will be gone, you'll Mm. reflect more and you'll constantly improve your plan. And, and that's what it's, that, that's the thing that it's all about. And I think that myself included used to forget to do those things. I like that. It's it's like an evolving plan because we're always changing. I mean, like, you know, and I think that there can be some guilt. Like if you had a plan and let's just like use the idea of the record label to be on this record label, which is my plan, like way, way back in the day. Of course, that's no longer um, acclimable right now in this. So I like the idea of this flexibility. And then you don't feel like you're you don't feel the guilt of like, I didn't make my plan or that I'm changing my plan. So it's a constant evolving thing. And I mean, you, you bring up a good point about 2020. Uh, I mean, artists in particular, our plan was, you know, pretty much, <laughs> it was a challenge, but is there, is there some good things about 2020 for artists? Just the way this happened? I, I know for me, I think I saw a lot of blessings in how I went about doing things. It forced me to do things that I would not have done like this online teaching, which is actually, you know, there, there's pros and cons to both, but I, I would have never done this. I would have never done online teaching had this not f- totally forced me to do it. So are there opportunities in this year that help with people's plans? Absolutely. I mean, there's opportunities in every struggle because, you know, think of it like, you know, how does a, a, a diamond come from, you know, it comes from pressure, you know, it gets created under pressure. And the thing is, you know, sometimes when we're forced into a corner, we figure it out. It's survival skills. And, you know, we're just as humans, we are programmed to figure out ways to survive. And it's the same thing in entrepreneurship, which, you know, I know you mentioned, you know, why should musicians be musicpreneurs? You know, it's, it's the same thing in entrepreneurship. You're never going to be ready. And so a big part of this game or a big part of building your career is jumping before you're ready. So when 2020 happened and it washed away, you know, any touring plans people had or, or other ways that they, um, you know, I know a lot of musicians and speakers like myself, you know, grow our business by going to music conferences and like Mm -hmm. that whole thing changed. And I was going to speak South by Southwest this year that went out the window, you know, it was like, okay, so it forces us, it really, um, challenges us to use, sometimes we rest on our laurels and we get used to kind of doing the same thing and say, Oh, okay, money. Yep. All right. I'll book some shows. I'll make some money. But when you can't now it's like, okay, well, you're a creative person. So get creative. Like what are your other skill sets? What can fans, you know, enjoy from you? How can you bring value? And when you start to really 
have to get creative and think harder with that stuff, you'll actually learn skills that maybe you took for granted or things that you didn't even realize you had. Um, so yes, I do think that there is, is something good to come out of whether it's 2020 or any other challenge you face. And, you know, for me, eight years ago, I came down with Lyme disease and everybody was like, Oh, I'm so sorry. You have Lyme disease. If I did not get Lyme disease, I would not have been forced to work four hours a day. That's all I could manage most days because I had to sleep. I had to rest. I couldn't look at the computer any longer. And when my, you know, when I had people telling me, slow down, don't work 24 seven, don't do this. I just ignored them, but you can't ignore your body when it shuts down on you. So, you know, I was forced to accept certain things that you don't initially want to trust. And so I've seen for 2020 people trusting certain mindset shifts that they had to trust because there was no, you know, like you said, slowing down, reflecting, questioning the things that you were doing beforehand, reprioritizing. Um, I think that that's forced us when this stuff takes trust and you don't want to initially trust it. So, you know, my long-winded answer to your question is yes, I think um, there's lots uh, to be found in a really challenging time. Yeah. And that's interesting that you bring up the positives in, in recovering from a disease and going through it. Um, you know, I think at least I'll speak for myself, musicians and, and myself, it's almost like a badge of honor how many mm. hours you practice. I mean, this started early on, especially classical. It's like, you know, I practiced eight hours. Well, I practiced nine hours and you're trying to one up each other. Not like here it's friendly competition, but there is a thing. It's like if I'm if I'm not keeping up, then then I'm not really succeeding. And I tell my students this, this is a whole other podcast, but you know, that I, I learned, I didn't really learn to practice that way. I learned that the number of hours was the destination. That was my, my goal, you know, right. 10,000 hours to get, you know, 10,000 hours to master an instrument. Well, okay. I'll practice eight hours for 365 days. So let's, let's get this done. Let's get this done. But really I didn't get effective that way. And now I teach people how to practice. So it's kind of like what you're saying that for musicians, right? It's like, you know, work smarter, not harder. And, and, um, I'm still guilty of this, of working, you know, working too, too much and doing too many things, but well, at your point is ingrained in us. Yeah. 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 Um, but it was really nice working with you because you could see that the, the steps and then it makes it, it takes some of that anxiety away, which is the mental health piece that you're talking about, which is that if you have a plan, you can let go of some of that worry and stress and, and, um, and I love the idea of being flexible and just knowing that your plan can change as you learn more because we're always constantly learning and tweaking. So that's, that's awesome. Yeah. And, you know, and same thing with sleep, you know, the sleep shaming. Well, I, I only got two hours of sleep. Oh, please. I'd love to get two hours. <laughs> I only got one hour. And it's like, I, you know, for years, for 10 years in this business, I would listen to that and feel guilty that I got two and a half and I'm yawning and complaining. And, you know, because it's like prove how much you want it. And, and that's the thing. I love that you brought up the 10,000 hours to master something because we hear that. And yeah, the instinct is, as you said, how fast can I get those 10,000 hours done rather than what is realistic in getting those 10,000 hours done, because at some point it's going to be a bell curve and your 
your the, your return on investment from your practicing is going to then start to go negative where you're practicing so much that you're actually doing damage to you know whether it's to your, yourself physically or just mentally and and it's going to have that you know negative effect um at once you go past a certain point of practicing so you know i think people plan thinking 24 hours, right? We're programmed to think in 24 hour days. And once I learned how to plan in four hour days, I realized I'm, you know, we're not lazy. When you don't finish your to-do list for the day, it's not because you're lazy. It's because you're just bad at math. (laughs) (laughs) It just means you plan to do too many things because you don't have 24 hours. You have four to six hours at best when you take away all the distractions and all the things that life throws at us and, and eating and going to the bathroom and buy, you know, going grocery shopping and, and all the different things we have to do outside that we don't put on our calendar calendar necessarily. And then, you know, and then you're saying yourself, why couldn't I get 24 hours worth of things done in four hours? It's mm-hmm. because you're not a robot. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> that was, you know, I remember when you were first talking about that. And I remember you saying that we don't have 24 hours in the day and thinking, what? yeah, you, you, you do. <laughs> you do have 24 hours. What are you talking about? And then, but you're right. It's, it's that you, you do, you don't think about those things like taking a walk and, and taking your dog for a walk, all those things that you take, still take time. Um, so this this makes a lot of sense. So the idea is is to try to prevent the burnout so you can go longer. If you burn both ends of the candle, you you're not going to be able to sustain. And I don't know who came up with that 10,000 hours anyway. I should, I should look into that. Like, you know, it's a bull. That is complete bull. I mean, it could be 20,000 hours depending on how you do something. It could be 5,000. It could be, you know, that the saying of that is just like probably more harmful than, than anything. Um, so let's talk about the opposite. So that's like the burnout thing. What if you have like no motivation? Mm. Like, you know, like, and I, I know everyone reacted differently to 2020. I, I remember looking on Instagram and some people would be like, you know, I wrote this whole album last week and, um, and I was so inspired. And, and then other people are like, you know, like I wasn't feeling a whole lot of creativity at the very beginning with this whole heaviness of Mm. this, but what do you do if if you just don't have motivation? What's your advice to artists? Yeah. Yeah. And it's been so interesting because I've met some of my clients, like as soon as lockdown happened, they were like, all right. Yeah. I'm free to just do whatever I want to do. And you know what? I just got furloughed from my job. And so, oh my goodness. And then all this creativity came out and then people who didn't have that motivation were totally bummed out. But then once you hit like May, the ones who were really motivated at the beginning were totally burnt out. And then the Mm -hmm. ones who were kind of, you know, quote unquote lazy in the beginning, May came along and they're like, you know what? I've adjusted to the way life is. And I think I'm ready to jump back into it. And so, you know, it was really interesting to see how people react so differently to this. And, you know, one of the things that I've learned and, and, and before 2020, but the one, one of the things that I know I've been, I've talked a lot with my clients this past year is number one, trust your body, like trust what it's telling you, because listen, we're lazy for a couple of reasons. You know, one, it's usually because we've just lost a connection to what we're passionate about. So just, you know, get reacquainted with your why. And if that needs to change or if the goal needs to change, then change it. Um, the other is we might be really excited and connected to our why, but we're scared 
of succeeding and not scared of failing. We're scared of success because we know what failure feels like. We've all experienced it at some point in our lives, but success means we're always doing something we've never done before. And so the fear of the unknown, the fear of not being familiar with it, what I say to that, if you feel like that's the case, is really spend time visualizing and getting super clear. I I tell people, look at it this way. If somebody was sending you on a blind date, you might be a little excited. You know, it could could go really well, but you're probably dragging your feet because what if it doesn't go well? What, you know, we always end up going towards the, what if it goes horribly? Um, Mm -hmm. And so, but if somebody were saying, Hey, I set it up so that you could go meet your best friend who you've known your whole life. You're like, Oh yeah. Like I can't be out the door fast enough. So our future is like that blind date. And we want to make it like we're, it's our best friend. Like we know that person, like the back of our hand, no matter what happens, we're going to have a good time. So let's just go. And so get acquainted with your future self. I like to write myself notes from the future where I'm, I'm describing to myself after I reach that goal, what does my life look like? You know, what am I enjoying? How am I spending my time? How do I feel about that accomplishment? What things is that? accomplishment now enable me to do. So like live your life, like spend time visualizing what life is like after that goal, because then you're going to feel familiar with it. It's not going to feel so scary and unknown. And then you're going to be motivated to get there. Um, So that's one of the things. But 2020, a lot of the times this quote unquote laziness wasn't from fear of the unknown or from um, just not being connected to your why. It was just your body processing everything. It was the grief. It was the loss of your plan, your job, your income, people around you, um, your old life, you know, and grief. We need to process that grief. So it's okay to take a break. It's okay to not know what to do next for a little while. And just trust the fact that there will come a time where you will know what to do next. That clarity will come to you. Just allow yourself to rest rather than stay in a, in a stage of anxiety. Like, Oh my God, I should be doing, I should be. And there's that word should, right? I should be doing something. I should be busy. I'm being lazy. What am I doing? You just relax into it and say, you know what? I don't know what I'm doing next. So I'm just going to chill. And then our brain is going to process everything and our brain is going to start connecting the dots and acclimate to the change and acclimate to this new way that life has to be and start coming up with really creative solutions. It will happen. So it's just trusting the process that, you know, as a creative, you're not naturally lazy. You know, you are somebody that likes to create something from nothing. And so that is really cool. And that is never going to fundamentally change just because you took a break. And I think Mm -hmm. that's the fear we have to overcome. Yeah, it sounds like like acceptance is a big piece of that, like literally just accepting the situation and accepting that you don't have the answers right now and just letting the path come forward. And I find for me, once I, I get into that mindset of acceptance, new ideas emerge like, OK, this is what it is. I mean, I'll use 2020, for example, March. I had like talk about plans like, you know, I had I didn't who, who knew it would go this this long, but I had a plan. OK, when we reopen, this will be happen. This is how I'm going to do it safe. OK, scratch April. OK, May we're going to have like, you know, this, this, this. And eventually I stopped doing that. And it was like, okay, 
uh, you can't keep doing this. It's not, it's not going to, you're not going to be able to force things to change and you just accept it. And then, and then new ideas emerged, started this new collective and like, you know, it really, um, it, it really worked, but I had to get to that state of acceptance in order for that to, to manifest and, and begin to take off. So that, that resonates, that resonates a lot. Yeah. So musicpreneurs. So can you describe for someone who might not know this, these two words, I don't know where this word emerged from, actually, maybe you know this, Um, but explain what is a musicpreneur and how is that different from just an artist? Yeah. So yeah, I'm not sure where it came from either. I mean, I've been using it for years, but I know like, you know, people were all mompreneur and like creativepreneur and all, um, all these things. So yeah, I don't know who, who created it specifically, but, um, you know, entrepreneur, I think, you know, it's a word that scares a lot of people. Um, but I think again, acceptance, just like you were saying is, you know, you have to accept that if you want your music to be your career, if you want to make money from it, if it's more than a hobby to you, then you have to understand not only the business, the industry of the music in, uh, business, but you need to understand entrepreneurship. And for years that evaded me and I didn't get that they were two separate things. Understanding how the music industry works and understanding like copyrights and sync licensing and you know all those different things, publishing, like, yes, that's all really important to know, but that won't teach you how to build an income stream. That is not, that's just how the industry works, but that's not how you build your business. So, you know, if you're resisting that and you don't want to learn any of that stuff, then embrace your hobby. And I'm not judging you and be completely okay with your hobby, but that's it. But if you want to build an income stream from it and monetize what you're doing, you have to embrace the entrepreneurship side. And the beautiful thing is it doesn't have to be as difficult as people think it does because as a musician, you already are innately creative and entrepreneurship would what keeps other entrepreneurs from being successful is their lack of creativity. And so embrace the fact that you already have the skill sets you need. It's ingenuity, it's creativity, it's thinking outside the box, it's building something from nothing, which is what you do all the time when you write music. So, you know, entrepreneurship is all about, like I said before, starting before you're ready. People describe it as jumping off a cliff and building your wings on the way down. You know, it takes a huge amount of trust, trusting that you're not going to just splat on the ground. You will, when, when push comes to shove, you will figure out how to build those wings. And so it's starting before you're ready. It's living in the mess you know, it's for me, especially a type A person. And, and as I said, my, my former business partner and I were so perfectionistic at everything. It's being okay with things that done is better than perfect. So it's Mm. getting messy and looking at it as a science experiment, you know, music and science so go hand in hand. And so it's, it's about experimenting and seeing, okay, just like we do with planning. Okay. I'm going to plan this is my hypothesis. Your plan is your hypothesis. You take that first step and you get data and then you make another educated guess and then you get more data. And it's just about reflecting and looking at it, at it and saying, okay, well, I wanted to build this business and I want to make my income streams through sync licensing. And I want to hear my music on TV and film. Okay. How do I do that? Well, I have to network and get to know music supervisors and 
different um, sync libraries and understand how to submit my music. Okay, let's start there. How do I submit my music? Well, your music has to have the right metadata has to be in it. You have to copyright your music. Okay, well, have I done that? Let me see. Let's learn how to do that. And it's constantly being open to learn new things one thing at a time. <laughs> don't don't feel like you're going to just learn sync licensing overnight. It's a process. Mm-hmm. So, right. you know, you might start going down that road and saying, okay, I, you know what? I don't have the patience for this. I don't have the networking. I, I don't like networking. I don't like focusing mm-hmm. on those relationships. Okay. You know what? Sync licensing is not for me. Maybe something else is, maybe it's teaching, maybe it's uh, monetizing. I know, um, artists who are streaming on Twitch and who are streaming on YouTube and monetizing that, you know, there are so many things to monetize. It all comes down to, if you're going to build, think of it like a baker. If you're going to build your store, you know, what are you going to sell? Do you like to make cakes? Are you more of like a muffins and cookies baker? (laughs) You know, like there's all these different things you can offer but there's going to be some back of house tasks, such as figuring out your finances, figuring out learning all the, the different things you need to learn about the industry and building your, your email list. And then there's the front of house things, engaging with your fans, sharing your music, performing, being out there and, and spreading your message. And so you got to have both. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, just doing the best you can every day doing what you can. Um, and as you grow little by little, you will make progress and you can start to bring on a team. You can start to hire a virtual assistant for, you know, a very small amount of, of money each, each month, or you can barter with your fellow musicians. Hey, you're really good at graphic design. I'm really good at, you know, metadata and copywriting music. Let's swap. You copyright my music for me. I'll create your graphics for you. You know, like whatever it might be, you can get scrappy and figure out a way you don't have to have lots of money to get started. Um, and so those are all the things I know I threw, threw a lot of different phrases and catchphrases at, at everyone just now, but the, the most important thing is just, let's start with what do you want? you know, and then do a little bit of research, ask questions, tell people about it and Mm -hmm. and get the help you need and go from there. Right. And I could see how that could feel like an overwhelm, which is why it's it's good to hire a coach. But as you were talking, I was thinking about some people I've met in my in my past. I was thinking about the open mic Mm. um, circuit in San Francisco and meeting these people. And, And I would meet these people and musicians and they were traveling throughout the world with their guitar doing open mics working their butt off living in the van and my first instinct is wow look like you know you love what you do you're living breathing this um and of course their intention was to get music out to the world that big dream right the dream of of getting music out to the world um and that's the work harder i think type of thing and they i think that they they think they're working harder but not smarter and this is like um, I, it's almost like, um, I, I'll go back to the starving artist type of a thing. Like, you know, when we think about artists, we think about like, if you're an artist, you're starving, you know, that kind of idea that, that, um, you know, we don't, we shouldn't be making money. You know, we're, we're not, we're not in this to make money. And I've told, I tell my students too, there's easier ways to make money than music. If you, if, you, if, if it's just money, then that's not it, but you can make money in music. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. I think there's almost a little bit of a shame 
Mm. maybe for some artists like you know that if I'm a musicpreneur then I'm not as much of a, an artist itself I'm more about the entrepreneur that they they can coexist the mm. idea of making money doesn't make you less passionate about what you're putting out and vice versa that they can work hand in hand together that's something at least I had to come to terms with is that you know I love what I do and I also want to be comfortable I don't need to make a gazillion dollars but I want to be comfortable and there's nothing wrong with either one of those things so um it it was always listening to you it can feel like a lot but um but it can be done at the same point in time with whatever your why is which I love that that idea Right. Yeah. So let's talk about like what you do, because I know what you do, but like I'm imagining it took me a while as I was listening to your first conference and in in, um, at the Independent Music Awards. I'm like, okay, great. But what does she actually do? (laughs) Like um, so uh, and I and I got to experience it in Slack um, and I think I might have to go back to that. But (laughs) tell me what what you do and what artists can expect and why an artist should get help yeah. um, in the first place? Yeah, really great question. It was so funny. My, the jokes around my friends and family is that I'm the Chandler Bing of their universe. Like nobody quite knows what I do. <laughs> Some people are like, I don't know. She helps with like music videos. I don't know. She's like in the music entertainment sector. <laughs> and I'm like, uh-huh. have it. I mean, I worked on one music video with one of my clients like six years ago, but um but yeah, so no, what I do is um, I am a, a mindset and productivity coach for a lack of a better term, you know, because I, when I started, there really wasn't anybody that was helping in the way that I help. Like now there are more that are coming out, which make me so happy because this is such an important um, thing to help artists with. So yeah, the best term I could come up with was mindset and productivity coach. And basically what I do is I work with artists, um, whether it's one-on-one or as you said, in Slack with my rockstar slackers, um, which is a group program. Um, what I help with is helping them figure out what their structure is. Like, what is your routine? What are going to be the habits you focus on, you know, the behaviors you focus on making a healthy habit out of, um, and making sure that they're prioritizing self-care. Um, another thing that I do too is, you know, help them figure out like what their strategy is, you know, um, with my one-on-one clients, we dive a little bit deeper into like, well, what are your next steps? What are you going to do? Um, some, some artists come to me in the beginning where they don't even know what's possible as an income stream. And I'll always tell them any, you can monetize anything. It just, you need to figure out what you're good at and what you're passionate about. And then, you know, what need does that serve? So then let, you know, let's figure that out. So, you know, helping them uh, determine what their income streams are going to be. Um, and really just building systems, you know, in my, I, I have like a VIP intensive day that I do with, um, artists and their teams that might have a little bit more of a head, you know, uh, of a career behind them. So they might have a team around them or they might have already be doing this full time. And they'll say, you know, how can I streamline this? How can I make this easier so that I'm not overwhelmed all the time? I'm not burning out. So we go through all their systems. So what is your system for onboarding people onto your email list? What is your system for emailing them on, on a regular basis? What is your system for managing your finances? What's your system for engaging with your fans and posting on social media? 
media. You know, everything is a system and, you know, streamlining those and making sure that they're delegating to the right people or they're automating certain aspects of their systems. Um, that's what I really love to, to dive into. And we, we, you know, kind of audit their whole business. And it's kind of like those HGTV shows where it's like, you know, we, we mm-hmm. renovate, <laughs> we renovate the business or, um, or that, you know, uh, bar rescue show where they, they take the bar and they, they revamp it and they, they build out a new, a new way of that bar running. That's what I really like to do. And now I'm starting to get into working with agencies and smaller companies to help their employees from burning out because that's really why I got started. I was a burnt out employee. So, you know, helping teams and leaders of those teams revamp how they function as a team so that the team doesn't burn out. So basically, whether you're just starting out or you've been in the business or you've got a team or you run an agency, it's all about streamlining and as you said, working harder, not smarter, figuring out easier ways to get the same results and get better results by doing less. And the mindset piece that comes in there, you know, with my background in psychology, and and right now I'm getting my master's in social work, it's understanding human behavior and understanding what your behavior is, what triggers that, what is the reward there, because that's how we have unhealthy habits. There's some reward in it for us, even when we know it's not healthy. So I help people figure out what that habit cycle is, how to break it and how to put better habits in there. So how can we put better habits in there that streamline your work and that get you more focused to work intentionally and not just work to feel busy? Because a lot of it, we just do busy work. So um, yeah, so hopefully, if my friends and family are listening, they'll know what I do now. <laughs> <laughs> that I just help music professionals become more efficient so that they can, you know, take care of themselves in the right way. Yeah. And what I like about what you offer is that there's different steps. So regardless of what step you are, there's an entry point that's very affordable and then you can, you know, build from there. But, you know, that you don't have to be making, you know, it's budgetable. It's very, it's budget friendly so that you can get in there and get, and then move up the tier, hopefully be making more money. And then, and then. Yeah. I mean, my, my goal, in fact, why I'm getting my master's in social work is that eventually I'll have my state license and I can, you know, counsel on a deeper level. And the goal is to take insurance. You know, I don't want musicians to have to feel like they have to spend their, I know that so many live paycheck to paycheck. And what I help them do is not live paycheck to paycheck, but they got to start somewhere. So if you are living, you know, I have musicians that say, well, I want to work with you, but my next three paychecks are already assigned to future expenses. So, you know, so I say to them, okay, well, come into my free communities, get on my newsletter list. I give as many tips as I can, you know, for free. Um, And then I've got a private community where if you've got the Rockstar Life Planner, any edition of it, I've got a free, um, well, basically free. If you've got the planner, it's a private community on Instagram. It's called Redefine the Hustle. And I'm in there once a week helping you plan out your week. My team is in there helping you stay productive. And then when you're ready to start investing, as you said, you know, how how and when should you ask for help? You know, it, it as soon as, you know, you get what you pay for. Well, I mean, we'd like to think that, right? So as soon as you're ready to really start to, 
to grow at a faster rate. As soon as you know you are ready to put in the work to really make some radical changes, that's when you need the help. There, there are plenty of things you can do on your own and do for free to kind of understand the landscape of where you want to be. But a lot of it takes some deep mindset work and doing things differently than you do. And so you do need some guidance there because you don't know what you don't know. Um, and so when you're ready to make those changes, um, as you said, I do offer things from as low as 47 bucks a month to some are 2,500 in a day. Um, so it really just depends on where you're at in your career. Mm-hmm. And people can always schedule calls with me you know, no obligation calls to just talk about where they're at and what type of support would be best for them. I mean, I've turned down people that have the budget of 2,500 for for the day and I've turned them down and said, you're not there yet. (laughs) Like let's, Mm -hmm. let's start somewhere else. Um, it doesn't, pay for me to take your money if I'm not going to get you results. <laughs> so. That's amazing. And I, I love the idea that you would, could eventually take insurance. That's like yeah. revolutionary. Yeah. That's, that's my goal. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. 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 And you have this, you talked about the Rockstar Planner, which I've had. Um, I need to get a new 2021. I need to order that. <laughs> um, so, but tell me like it was, it, there's a lot, it's not just a planner, right? It's not like it's your, your normal planner that when you think about like buying a new planner, it's specific to our artist and, and kind of like breaking down your day, your week and stuff. Can you give us some of the prompts that are in there? So that gives people an idea of what that is. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, it's, it's a weekly planner. As you said, it's, it's aimed at creatives and, you know, specifically musicians, but I've had creatives of all type um, of, of purchase it and benefit from it. But, um, it has a whole, it comes with access to an entire digital library of, excuse me, of downloadable checklists, um, spreadsheets, different, oh, excuse me, I have the hiccups, um, different uh, templates to help you think like an entrepreneur and build your business. So financial spreadsheets and and other things, inventory checklists and and, um, things of that nature to help keep you organized. It also comes, like I said, with the Redefine the Hustle community online to give you community support. Um, it comes with a whole uh, access. In fact, uh, these tutorials are, are publicly available. Uh, a bunch of different uh, tutorials to walk you through time blocking, to walk you through using the planner itself in, in the most um, effective ways. And also I added recently a vision board tutorial um, along with a template in Canva to help you build a vision board that you make the background of your desktop or the background of your phone. Um and really help you get like learn how to visualize what it is you want. So um, there, like I said, there's lots of trainings and lots of guidance and coaching that goes along with the planner. We also offer for the first time ever um, a digital version of the planner. So um, you don't fill it out on your computer. It is to be printed out. Um, but some people like to print out their own uh pages as they go, or they like to create their own planner with, you know, in their own binder and decorate their own cover. And, you know, I know some people look at planning very ritualistically. So we made a digital printable version available um, so that people can kind of make it their own, print out the the templates as they go and use it how they like. Uh, We've got time blocking markers to help you um, time block your time and categorize 
the, uh, the different areas of your life in an effective way. And there's a tutorial that shows you how to do that. Um, so yeah, it's, it's really a tool that comes with a lot of trainings and coachings to help you implement it into a lifestyle. And, you know, I, I like to think of it like Weight Watchers, where it's not just, oh, here's like a checklist of what to eat and what not to eat. It's a community support and it's a lifestyle change to help you reach the goals that you want to reach. Weight Watchers of music planning. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Okay. So I'm going to put all of your information in the episode notes, but tell people where they can find you. Like you said, the, the baseline is you should at least follow Suze on her Instagram and Facebook. I, I see you mostly on Instagram. Yeah. Mo- um, yeah these days. Facebook alone for the, for yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so tell us where we can find you, your website, and I will link all of this. If you're walking around, so don't have time, look in the episode notes and you'll you'll see it all go ahead yeah thanks so much so yeah you can oh i'm like always on instagram um and i probably should be on it a lot less and take my own advice um but (laughs) at rockstar advo advo uh is where you can find me on instagram hit me up in the dms at any time um also suz suz at the rockstar advocate i love email i love to get email so hit me up anytime there and my website is the rockstaradvocate.com. Plenty of free resources, lots of free checklists, three-day productivity challenges, lots of stuff that you can find there. Um, And so, yeah, come find me and say hi. That's great. Yes. And I think that the takeaway here is that you know, that your plan can change. So if, if you, if, I know there's a lot of artists that are in overwhelm still, still, if you're in a state of overwhelm, you know, just start with a small step. You don't have to have the, the big five-year plan right now, but, but just start with a small step. Thank you so much for coming on and spending some of your time with us, Suze. Um, if you're watching this podcast or listening to this podcast and you have enjoyed it, please like, share, subscribe, and review on Apple um, Music if you're listening here. And until next week, bye-bye.